bit higher. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to London Family Centre. We apologise for a few technical hitches this morning. As many of you are probably aware, we, we had... Just a little bit lower, please, Tim. Thanks. We had been prepared to broadcast live from London Family Centre with a live stream, but it didn't work out because of many technical problems. So a big thank you to Pastor Tim, Ray, and all the others who spent the entire day yesterday trying to get things organised and we've ended up here today. Um, as soon as we know any details, particular details, about the end of lockdown, we will let you know. There have been, there's very little information from the government, I'm afraid. On the 3rd of July, I got my first detailed uh, plan for return. And it was 22 pages long. The 3rd of July was a Saturday, the 4th of July was a Sunday. So we didn't have time even to digest the restrictions. And they're still pretty profound. The restrictions are quite severe. But we think we could probably uh, be in the building, the shed, with about 10 or 15 people. Perhaps next week, I don't know. The, those people will be the worship team and the sound team. As soon as we get the rest of the congregation together, we are, are allowed to do that, we will let you know. Um, let's pray. Stand in your home. Stand wherever you are and join us. And let's lift today to Jesus Christ and invite him to come into this time as we look at his word. Father, we worship you from lockdown, together with Christians all over this world, with varying degrees of trouble and strife and pandemic. We worship you, Lord Jesus Christ, and we commit these next few moments to you. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? Holy Spirit, would you come and guide us? We invite you, every home, every individual watching, just pray your prayer and ask God to speak to you this morning, even something that would change your present and change your future. We welcome you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was thinking yesterday of the, the New Year celebration in London Family Centre. It was absolutely fantastic. Do you remember that? We had a party and everybody was so excited. I loved it. But you know one mistake we made? We thought it was the beginning of a new year. But actually, it was the beginning of a whole new season. This world has completely, profoundly changed in 2020. And I'm going to come back to that at the end of this message. I think today's word is a very important word. Myself and my wife began visiting homes just two weeks ago because the restrictions eased. And some of the people that we've been talking to and communicating with have given us some of the things that have happened to them through lockdown that they now want to continue after lockdown. I have to be honest, I've had some very profound changes. But these are just a few members all within LFC. One person said before lockdown, they couldn't get out, out to exercise or walk. They had to go to work early in the morning and come back late. But since lockdown, they've been walking seven kilometers a day. Hooray! <laughs> And in that time, in that little quiet time, their relationship with God has increased and increased and increased. And they're going to continue that after lockdown. There was one family with little or no contact with the extended family. They just drifted over the years. But through lockdown, they've begun to communicate and they want to keep that up after lockdown. One person has felt called to pray like never before. Two people had a great fear of social media 
And yet two people, because of the restrictions, began using social media and are now quite active on different forums. One person began fasting and they want to continue that. Another couple have had a renewed relationship just within their couple, within their marriage. Another person felt profoundly called to study end times, and I say amen to that. And I want to close with this last couple, which is a fantastic testimony. One of our members, two of our members who I'm very much aware about, have been trying to buy a house for a long time. And they went here, they went there, they were consulting with me, and months went by, in fact years went by, and nothing was opening. And I remember them asking me to pray, mm, I'm just not... I'm just not getting it. I'm just not getting it. So in frustration, they decided just to put everything down. Why can we not buy a house like everybody else? What's blocking us? And in frustration, they decided to stop talking, be silent, and ask God, come Holy Spirit. We are not able to do this. Would you help us? And you know what's happened? I'm gonna, I don't want to steal their thunder. So we'll wait till after lockdown and let, you, and let them tell you themselves. But they've just received an almighty miracle. A huge miracle. Not just a house, but a fully furnished, beautiful, brand new house. Just like that. And the lesson that they, they were explaining to me is, through lockdown, we have learned that we were not in communication with the Holy Spirit. We were worshipping Jesus. And I say amen to that. No problem. But we were not being led by the Holy Spirit. And you know, there's God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And today my topic is God the Holy Spirit. I want you to follow through whatever God has begun in you. In LAW on Friday nights in our Bible study as a church, we've been studying evangelism and this is a terrifying statistic but it's true I've researched it in many different organizations 95 to 97 percent of Christians never lead anyone to Christ 97 to 95 percent of Christians born-again Christians never leave anyone to uh, lead anyone to Christ and you've got when you see something like that you've got to say what what is causing that I think what causes that the answer is an acts chapter 1 verse 8 because Jesus says when you receive the Holy Spirit when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit then you will receive power to be witnesses so this leads me to a question if 95 to 97 percent of people are not leading people to Christ have they been baptized in the Holy Spirit Jesus said when I am baptized in the Holy Spirit I receive the power to be a witness so I challenge you this morning are you baptized? Be very honest about this. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I know for some of you, maybe this is a, a brand new thing, something you've maybe not experienced before. Don't be shocked by that. Just read your Bible. It's all through the Bible. For some of you, maybe you were filled 10 years ago and you need to be filled again. That's what happened to the Apostle Peter, actually. He was filled in Acts chapter 1, chapter 2, and then he was filled again a second time in Acts chapter 4 and I've been filled many times in my life when you're struggling and pushing suddenly the baptism comes back afresh and anew let me encourage you with this I got some statistics from around the world about Christians being baptized in the Holy Spirit I've just given you some bad news here's the good news it's on the increase 
all over the world, churches are reporting that Christians in increased measure are beginning to be filled in churches perhaps that were not used to that. What's happening? In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's all of you. And I can see in these statistics the fulfillment of scripture. And I wonder who wants that? Who is available for that? And I repeat, not just for, for, for uh, evangelism. Praise God for evangelism. But you need baptism in the Holy Spirit. I need it for me. For myself. I'm going to read three quick scriptures uh, to you. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, and many of you have been baptized in water, praise God. But in a few days' time, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, the apostle, uh, John the Baptist said this, I baptized you with water for repentance, but one comes after me who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, in my first encounter with God in this area, I came from a worldly background. I was up to my neck in the world, friends. And I came into the church. I was completely filthy spiritually. I was totally filthy. And I had an experience of the fire of God. And many Christians, this is my opinion, I don't just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but I need a cleansing fire. And this first encounter is not so much to be a witness. This, these two, first two scriptures, Acts 1 and Matthew 3, it tells us that God's plan when you get saved is to fill you with the Holy Spirit and to clean you up. To clean you out. And I needed that. I had been up to my neck in the world. But many Christians come 10 years after being saved. They're still fighting the same demons from their past. Hey, we fight demons, but we fight new demons. Different demons. The demons change because we're taking new ground. And it's not supposed to be that we're still fighting the same problems that we were dealing with even before salvation. And that tells me maybe you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not with fire. Amen. So the Holy Spirit part is to empower me. The fire part is to clean me. And in, in the same uh, chapter, actually, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and in the uttermost parts of the earth. So I just ask you, please pause a moment. Pastor Michael made a very good point on Friday in our Bible study about evangelism and he asked me to emphasize one thing. He said, please, don't let us seek to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in order for the church to be full. We get baptized. Our first motivation for being baptized in the Holy Spirit is relationship. It's an increased relationship. So God wants to fill you, not so much the church. <laughs> okay? So get, get that perspective right. I think it's a very important point. This is about me being filled with God, my Savior. And then an, an outflow of that is that people will be saved because I will be a witness. I will add this. I've had many people who wanted to pray for me over the years. Pastor Mike, can I lay hands on? No, no thanks. And people get offended. They get upset. Say, who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anybody. But the Bible says this. Lay hands on no man quickly. 
And do not mix yourself. Do not partake with another man's sin. And I've had corrupt and sinful men come to me and say, I'm going to pray. No, you're not. No, you're not, because I know you. <laughs> you're not going to pray for me. Because what happens is there's an impartation and I'll be as bad as you. I, I need the, the nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ on my head, friend. And so do you. So be very careful. This is the scripture talking. Lay hands on no man quickly. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. What spirit? Holy Spirit. You need to receive the Holy Spirit who will guide you into truth and not into wickedness. Amen. So in an historical context, I have to say, I feel very sorry for people in the world, for Christians, because of the confusion in this area. It is a very confusing area. I, I preach in many countries. One of the countries I go to, they have a big sign over the church. I'm not going to mention the name, but it says, bleep, 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 Pentecostal church. That's just about the least Pentecostal church I know on this planet. There's nothing Pentecostal about that place. But isn't it sad that you know new believers walking into that and being told this is what Pentecostalism is? It is not Pentecostalism. It's Pentecostal only in name. And I'll be honest with you, the, the, the people in that place, and I love them, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, not, it's not from a harsh place I'm coming, but they're going to church for their reputation. It's all about reputation. Guys in suits standing with big Bibles. It's all about how I look with my friends and my culture and my family. It's all about my presentation. So far removed. Do you know Jesus was a man of no reputation? No reputation. So we're not seeking the Holy Spirit to make us famous or to give us a reputation. Firstly, we're seeking the Holy Spirit for ourselves because we need him. We need his power. So the first example in the world is it's dead churches who claim to be Pentecostal. But then on the other extreme, you've got some crazy people. And there's enough of them around. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen this, especially in my early years. Thank God it seems to have settled down now. But there were some big waves of the Holy Spirit. Toronto, Pensacola. Many of those things happened. Um, and through that time, every time the Spirit moves, the flesh moves. Every time God moves, the devil moves. And people, churches always want God bit, but they don't want the devil bit. Jesus never had that luxury. And you're not going to either. When God moves, the devil moves. When your flesh begins, when your spirit begins to grow, your flesh will fight you. That's what happens. So be aware of that. What's my point? When you look at Pentecostalism, you see everything from dead religion to lunatics. And we need to be right in the middle. We need to be balanced in Jesus' name. I visited with Rick Seward. I went five times to Arizona uh, to one of the biggest churches in the world. Actually, 20,000 members there. Pastor Tommy Burnett, uh, Phoenix First Assembly. That was probably the most impressive Christian outfit I have ever seen in my life. It is huge. And the impact around the world was phenomenal. And I had the honor of, of going for dinner with, the, with a man who's been with him from the beginning, who's in charge of the prayer ministry. And he had been the force behind all of what happened, the prayer force. So I had one immediate question for him, I can tell you. When we sat down to eat, I said, Sir, can you please tell me, how on earth did you bring a small group of people to become such a world, global, impactful church? And the spirit in here is fantastic. I didn't expect his answer. Do you know what he said to me? 
you've got to keep the crazies under control. You've got to keep the crazy people who try and do things when God begins to move. You've got to manage them. You've got to do it with love. But his experience was, as soon as they began to grow from small numbers, somebody would say something stupid. The prophecy would be wrong. The behavior would be unbiblical. There would be a temptation towards corruption. All of these crazy people would try and take you off course. And he said, I, that was his teaching to me, his warning to me. Move in the Spirit. If you want to move in the spirit, be aware you're going to have many distractions and you're going to have to manage those and that can be a difficult business. There are distractors and attention seekers everywhere. Don't be one of those. I was just thinking, um, Holy Spirit, what was it? Who led worship last week? Stephen and Simran. Very beautiful time. And we were at home and we were just worshiping and I thought, this is absolutely fantastic. God the Holy Spirit had moved in that place and I was texting Stephen I said you know and thank you very much guys this was a really good day but you know what didn't happen to me the Holy Spirit didn't tap me on the shoulder and say <clears throat> excuse me it wasn't Stephen it was me the Holy Spirit never seeks attention Stephen and Simran sought God they brought God to me but the Holy Spirit never seeks attention he's so quiet he's in the background and that is really should be the effect. If I receive the Holy Spirit and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, then his personality, as it were, should come through me so I shouldn't seek attention. I should be reflecting that back onto Jesus, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. And as your work also, both as a Christian and as a minister of in any department, in any sense. I've got a couple of points I want to make to you today. Simple points. I'll make them as quickly as I can. But three points about the Holy Spirit. Why do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do we receive the Holy Spirit? And who do we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit? I've quoted this statistics many times because I still can't get over it. 38% of illnesses and sicknesses, sicknesses in the human race are either contracted or they come through birth. I'll say it again. 38% of sicknesses, diseases, illnesses in the human race are either contacted or they come through your lineage, through your DNA. And, and even though that's a worldly statistic, I tell you it's exactly the same for Christians, for born-again believers. Because when we're born again, many of the problems that are in our life afterwards, we get those problems when we're first born, when we first come into the kingdom. When you were born again, did you proceed after that happening with a relationship with who? Did you have a relationship with God the Father? A relationship with God the Son? And a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Or was it just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Now, hey, we all say Jesus, amen, no problem. But my point is, if the only name uh, you know on your lips if the only focus is Jesus and there's there's a sense in which that's correct but there's a sense in which it's also error Jesus you you repent towards the father all repentance goes towards God's the father you believe in God the son and you receive the Holy Spirit and if you if you are weak on any of these three you're not going to feel the fatherhood that you should you're not going to feel loved and covered. You're not going to feel the dynamic coming from Jesus Christ. The faith that he can impart. 
You're not going to feel the power of the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one, as we sing, right? So, through this morning, it's, it's only going to be a few minutes, but through this morning, I believe that you can prophetically correct many errors within your life. Number one, why do we receive the Holy Spirit? Because you need help. We all need help. The Holy Spirit is described as a helper. A good example of the way he helps us is a husband and wife relationship. Look at Adam and Eve in the garden. When God created Adam, there he was, and it says, this is not good. This man needs a helper. And that wife there is, is, is a picture of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what does a wife do? She encourages her husband. She comforts her husband. She promotes her husband. I can hear some of the men saying, you don't know my wife. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the role of a wife. She's there to support, to build him up, etc. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit. So he's my helper. When I was in Glasgow, we had many buses because there lots of people coming and going from the church, church buses. And I went to pick up this really good bargain one day and I said to the guy who was selling it to me, is it okay? He says, everything's fine. It just doesn't have power steering. And I had never in my life driven a vehicle without power steering. I had no idea what that was like. And I got in that bus. I tell you, it was awful. And I realized human beings are not meant to drive vehicles without power steering. Christians are not intended to be in this world without the power of God. You're not, it's not God's intention. Right there in Acts, wait until you receive this power. Number one, because you need it. You need that help. Number two, because the Holy Spirit promises, when I'm living in you, just like the couple who just bought their house, when I'm living in you, I'm going to give you revelation when you need it. Uh, it makes me sad. People call me. Pastor, can you tell me what to do? Well, doesn't God tell you what to do? You know, no problem with wise counsel. I get it. I got that. I'll seek that myself. But some of the questions are very simple questions. And I think, are you in communication with God at all? Are you hearing from God? One of the promises of the, of the Spirit living in us is when we're in times of crisis, He is going to reveal to you what to do. Thirdly, there's power. Power will come upon you, especially for ministry. I love Dwight L. Moody, one of the most famous Christians of history, and I love his testimony about the early days before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He had this little message. He was a keen evangelist. He's born again. He's baptized in water, but he's not baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he's passionate about evangelism. So he's going around from place to place and he's preaching. He's got his little message, you see, and he preaches the same message, but no one is getting saved. So in great frustration, Moody goes home, he goes through his Bible, and there he sees the power of God. And he gets down on his knees, and he says, God, I need this power. And to his shock, bang, the power of the Holy Ghost filled him. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason, because his testimony is this. I took the same message, and I went back to the same places, and hundreds of people were saved. Hallelujah. So you may have a gift like he did, but it's a gift that's not empowered. Amen. Friends, I see this all the time. Look, we have gifted keyboard. Angela, for example, can play this keyboard with great, great, great ease. Okay. With great, great ease. And I would ask you to ask God to empower your gift, to breathe life into your gift. But the three important parts for me about the Holy Spirit is this. 
If someone tells me they're filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is guiding them, do you know what that person will bring in the church? Unity. That's a product of the Holy Spirit. If someone's not filled with the Holy Spirit, they bring division, gossip, slander. That's what they bring. But someone who has the, which spirit? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, they bring unity in the body. I'm not talking about in the world. That's a different story altogether. But in the house, a hallmark that you have the Holy Spirit is that you're a person who brings unity. The second hallmark is that you've got humility. Remember, there's two types of pride. There's the pride of life, which is in what I have and what I do and all this. But then there's spiritual pride. And the second hallmark of the Holy Spirit is people have broken spiritual pride. It's pride in my giftings, pride in my abilities. That was Joseph's problem. Remember, he said he was, he was able to have dreams. And he was proud of his spiritual dreams. So he spoke to his brothers, I've had these dreams. And then years later, God broke that spiritual pride within him. So unity is a sign that you're baptized. Humility is a sign that you're baptized. And lastly, the peace of God being around you in your relationships. Um, we have the worship team, some of them here this morning. I, I have lost count of the number of worship team members who are very difficult people. Thank God there's none of those in LFC. Ha, ha, ha. Thank, there's, there's countless people. In, and do you know what they say? Oh, it's because I've got a sensitive spirit. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is peaceful. The Holy Spirit brings peace amongst people. The Holy Spirit is not a difficult person. Hello? Holy Spirit, don't blame the Holy Spirit for your character flaws or for your disposition or your inadequacies. Be careful. When someone has the Holy Spirit, the traits are always the same. They are, they do bring unity. They are humble in spirit and they will bring peace wherever they go. Lastly, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, in the book of Acts, they said, wait fast and pray and purify four things wait on the lord fast and i would encourage you to do that i think you're going to need to do that pray for the holy spirit to come and purify the purification simply means this god does not come upon mixture he comes upon purity emptiness and whatever is in you that needs to get out of you i worked in a kosher baker and you know jewish bakeries kosher bakeries they have a great separation it's symbolic you can't put this pot here you can't do that there and this was symbolic of the of the spirit coming on you you need to have a separation within yourself unto god and god will fill that lastly who do we receive we receive a person you know pastor timothy works many days all day and he can text his wife angela he can send her a text message and say hello and maybe you get a word from the lord but that's not timothy at home is it that's just a text message but when Timothy comes home to the house now the fullness of their relationship can be experienced and you may receive words from the Lord amen but it's not the fullness of the spirit now our, our, our equipment is going to how many minutes do we get left approximately three or four or five our equipment's a bit dodgy this morning so please forgive us I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and I'm going to conclude with a prophetic word that I had yesterday about these last days. Let me just repeat briefly what I said at the beginning. In New Year 2020, I believe like you believe like me that this was a new year. But I think we were all wrong. This is a new season. These are the last days. As I see what's happening around the world, <coughs> people are changing. 
The world has changed. It changed dramatically. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew's Gospel. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and they said, Tell us what will be the sign of the end of the age. And Jesus said, Watch out that no one deceives you. So deceivers are going to try and take you away from God. Deceivers are going to lie to you and deceive you. Watch out that no one deceives you. Many people are going to come claiming they're talking on my behalf. Eh? I'm the Messiah and they'll deceive many. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. This word nation is the word ethnos. It's race. Right? So races are going to, ethnic groups are going to fight ethnic groups. More than this. You're going to see racial wars. You're going to see plagues and famines. You're going to see locusts. Everything that Jesus mentions here is happening since the turn of this year in huge measure. But listen, I'm saying this for a reason. In the next verse, he says this. At that time, many Christians are going to turn away from me. In this time, when you see race wars, famines, locusts, at this moment, many believers will turn away from the faith. And I'm warning you, I really feel a, such a strong warning in me. Do you know, I don't know if you've ever read Pilgrim's Progress. Pilgrim's Progress is, is one of the most famous Christian books of all time. And the book, it, it describes a, the, the journey of a Christian. The man is called Christian. And he journeys a long way with many companions. And many of them go all the way to the gates of heaven. And there's one companion called Ignorance. Ignorance has been in church all his life, inverted commas. Ignorance has walked with the Lord. Ignorance goes with Christian to the very gates of heaven. End times. <laughs> Last days. And companion and Christian and ignorance, they stand at the gate and ignorance turns back in the last days. And Christian can't be, where are you going? You walked with us, you prophesied, you heard, you were with God, where are you going? And ignorance says, I'm going back. And Pilgrim's Progress finishes with this world famous line. Christian says this, Then I saw that there was a road to hell from the very gates of heaven. Now, I, I want you to listen to those words. I saw that there was a road to hell from the very gates of heaven. And Jesus says in Matthew's Gospel, there will be many who have followed me for years and years. But in the last days, because of the trouble, because of the strife, many will fall away. Many will grow cold. And I tell you, seeing that number of many, they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the power. They didn't have the right power. So I, I, I want you to hear me this morning. Receive, Mary's come. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit, particularly in these last days. My wife prays for people and they receive the Holy Spirit all the time. So I'm going to ask her to pray for you. <coughs> I don't care where you are in that sense. <coughs> Excuse me, in your Christian life. I prayed for two heroin addicts once who prayed the sinner's prayer. I put my hand on their head and both of them broke out in tongues. Both of them baptized right before my eyes. People who were up to their neck in sin. But they repented sincerely and God filled them. So I don't care where you're at. If your heart is right, God can heal you, purify you and baptize you this morning. So we're going to pray for you. She's going to pray in Spanish. It's not tongues, it's Spanish. Ha ha. Amen. Stand up in your houses. Stand up, everybody. Children, adults, everybody on your feet. 
These are serious days. And God wants you to receive the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray at the same time. She's praying. Go ahead and pray and ask God into your lives. Father, we thank you for the seriousness of this hour. I thank you for your prophetic warning in these days. And I pray the power and the baptism of the Holy Ghost to come upon every person watching this broadcast. Lord, forgive our sins. <coughs> forgive our lukewarmness. Forgive our waywardness. And fill these homes, fill these individuals once again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. En el nombre poderoso del Señor Jesucristo, Padre, con la potencia salvadora de tu diestra, te pedimos que sumerjas, Señor, que traigas ese nuevo vino, Señor, que es el Espíritu Santo a cada vida. En el nombre de Jesús, Espíritu Santo, como ese viento, como ese viento suave y apacible, para que remuevas de la vida de todos aquellos que están contigo. Lo que no es tuyo. Espíritu Thank Santo, okay. como ese viento, sé tú trayendo nuevos vientos de vida a cada corazón. Remueve del corazón todo lo que estorba, todo lo que no es del Señor y purifícanos, Espíritu Santo. Pedimos que cada hijo, Señor, que cada persona en las naciones pueda recibir tu llenura, Espíritu Santo. Pedimos el bautismo del Espíritu Santo en cada uno de ellos. Reciba el Espíritu Santo. Recibanlo en esta hora con un corazón humilde, con un corazón lleno de paz. No permita que nada le distraiga en esta hora. Espíritu Santo, remueve los obstáculos para que tus hijos puedan recibirte de una manera sobrenatural Espíritu Santo pedimos por tus frutos por tu fruto Espíritu Santo el amor, el gozo, la paz la bondad, la fe la paciencia, la mansedumbre, la templanza porque cuando tu fruto es evidente nuestra vida puede ser un real testimonio del Señor Jesucristo en el nombre del Señor Jesucristo, nosotros estamos orando y estamos pidiendo más y más. Trae llenura, Espíritu Santo. Trae llenura. Que este fuego, Espíritu Santo, que yo siento en este tiempo, en esta hora, se ha impartido también a ellos. Porque tú estás esperando, Señor, la manifestación gloriosa de tus hijos Señor y este es el tiempo este es el tiempo para ver tu gloria Padre en el nombre poderoso del Señor Jesucristo nosotros oramos y creemos Señor que lo que hoy has hecho Padre permanece para siempre oramos por las naciones y creemos por esa impartición de tu Santo Espíritu en cada vida en Cristo Jesús, Señor, oramos. Tú que eres digno de toda la exaltación. Amén y Amén.